shall we? This is Nurses in Cane Care Expansion. Yay! Then. Hi, and welcome back to the Health in the 34th podcast. My name is Marissa Algantar, and I am the Story Bank and Policy Specialist for the Alliance for a Healthy Kansas. And we are so glad to be back with you for yet another episode. And I am Lacey Kennett, Communications Director for the Alliance for a Healthy Kansas. And today's episode is going to be a little different than other episodes we've done, but we think that is a good thing. So today's episode, we wanted to give a voice to some of the nurses in the state to get their perspectives on the need to expand our state's Medicaid program, CanCare. But first, we want to give you a quick update on Medicaid expansion in other states. As you may know, Kansas is one of only 10 states in the United States that has not expanded its Medicaid program, leaving thousands of our citizens in a coverage gap where they don't qualify for coverage under CanCare, but they make too little to qualify for financial assistance on the health insurance marketplace. Recently, North Carolina became the 40th state to expand its Medicaid program. So on March 27, 2023, North Carolina's Governor Roy Cooper signed a bill into law that will expand its Medicaid program, providing access to affordable health coverage to more than 600,000 North Carolinians. This is a big deal because for a long while, North Carolina was in a similar position as we are in Kansas. Politically, they had a Democratic governor and a more conservative legislature who was opposed to expansion. But just this year, they were able to come to a bipartisan agreement and get it done, which we hope that Kansas will be able to do soon, too. And in North Carolina, Governor Cooper said Medicaid expansion was a top priority from the time he was elected. He faced challenges to expansion, including a lawsuit from some Republican legislators in federal courts to stop the process, but this year they were able to come to an agreement. The law also includes provisions to increase hospital assessments to fund the state's share of expansion, increases in hospital reimbursement rates, and a comprehensive workforce development and referral program. Many of you may also know that prior to North Carolina's passage, South Dakota had passed expansion through a ballot initiative during the November 2022 elections. The ballot measure specifies that implementation of expansion must begin July 1st, 2023, and prohibits any other eligibility restrictions or burdens to enrollment for those who will benefit from that coverage. So as we move into the summer months now, we will be keeping a close eye on that. And with South Dakota's passing of expansion, Kansas is even more of an island without access to affordable health insurance for those in the coverage gap. As a reminder of our surrounding states, Colorado was the first to pass expansion in 2014, followed by Nebraska in 2020 and Missouri and Oklahoma in 2021. Now let's move on to the topic at hand for today's show. We put this one together a little differently. So in the past episodes that we've had, we've had conversations with individuals or groups of people But today we wanted to share the perspectives of nurses that we've talked to over the past year or two about CanCare expansion. So Marissa, since you conducted these interviews, do you want to give us more information? Absolutely, I do. Um, Before the Health in the 34th podcast launch, we had a smaller podcast. As part of that podcast series, I interviewed several nurses all over Kansas about why they chose to advocate for CanCare expansion and what they see as nurses and healthcare providers in the state, especially for those people who might be uninsured or not able to access the care that they need. The interviews in this episode come from those episodes. So we know that people trust the words and opinions of their healthcare providers more than most other sources, especially since the pandemic, right? So we think it's important to bring the stories and the words of these nurses to a larger audience, it's it's a critical uh, voice that needs to be heard. 
And also, recently during the veto session of the Kansas legislature, we presented lawmakers with an open letter for practicing physicians, retired physicians, physician assistants, and current medical students about the need for cane care expansion. We got nearly 400 signatures on that open letter about how not just the people, but the healthcare system overall in Kansas needs cane care expansion to stay healthy. We heard from many nurses while we were circulating that open letter, so we wanted to take this opportunity to let their stories and voices be heard. So, well... Let's jump into it. Marissa, who are we going to hear from today? We are going to hear from Carol Bush from Wichita, Becky Plate from Eudora, Allison Mulch from Goodland, and Lori Ranallo from Kansas City. What was unique about this series was that though they come from different parts of the state, have different medical specialties and different backgrounds, they also have similar reasons we need cane care expansion. One, cane care expansion is a way to ensure preventative care and screenings. Two, the difficulties people have faced since the COVID-19 pandemic and how those affect the healthcare system. And three, the need for cane care expansion to save and enhance our rural hospitals and communities. Allison Mulch is currently the chief clinical officer at Goodland Regional Medical Center, and she said that her advocacy for cane care expansion is based on a genuine desire for what is best for her patients. Just being here in this community and you get to know the people that you take care of. So um, we're familiar faces for them and they trust us. Seeing these people in the ER and as inpatients, um, you just get to know their story also and kind of where they're at. So that's kind of what led me to this, knowing some of those people that have those struggles that they don't make enough money to afford insurance but they make too much money to get on Medicaid, which is extremely frustrating because you can see how hard they work. And Becky Plate is a registered nurse from Eudora who manages an urgent care facility who said the same thing. I try to live my life under the central goal that I want to leave this place better than I found it. I try to apply that to as many aspects of my life as possible in big ways and small ways, and what career I chose was one of the big ways that I could impact that. And I saw helping people overcome health challenges as a way that I could improve their lives to leave them better than I found them. Above all, these nurses are caring and compassionate members of their communities who want to improve the lives of their patients and communities. This also includes Carol Bush and Lori Ranallo, who are both oncology nurses. If I or my family didn't have access to Medicare or health insurance, I mean, it's complex for me. Like, I'm well-informed, I have connections, and it's still really difficult and hard. I can't imagine what that is like for people who don't have access to care. I mean, I know what it's like. It takes five times as long, even if you're able to get the care that you need. On the average, I would say at least 15 to 20% of my patient population really um, struggles to receive the care they desperately need, including mammograms, colonoscopies, things that are very expensive out of pocket. Many of my patients are delaying their care, and um, I can't imagine how difficult it would be to choose between shelter, heat, food, or medications to treat your blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, heart disease, or mental illness. I can't imagine and having to make that choice for my children. And sometimes these nurses and providers go above and beyond to make sure their patients get the best care that they can, even if the patient struggles to pay for it. Here's Allison again. I mean, just going to the doctor for, you know, to 
like a sinus infection or something, you have the the doctor visit fee and then the medication fee. It's it's expensive. I mean, no, there's no way around it, and it's unfortunate that people can't get that care and don't feel like they can get that care. I mean, there's so many that I've taken care of over the years that I've seen that they have chronic medical conditions um, and they can't afford to go and follow up with their provider consistently. And there's just patients that, you know, need their asthma medications or their diabetic medications or heart medications that can't afford it. Nurses, we've pulled our money together to pay for their prescriptions um, to at least help them get some benefit from that. I mean, providers here have um, helped pitch in and it's just, we want what's best for them. Some of our nurses have their own stories about living in the coverage gap. Becky's advocacy stems largely from her own experience when she found herself in the coverage gap as a single mom. Here's her story in her own words. There was a time when I was exactly the person that Kansas Medicaid expansion would cover now. Now, this was before the Affordable Care Act, um, but it was essentially the same situation that so many working poor Kansans are facing right now. I was about 16 or 17 years ago. I was a divorced mother of two children. I had some college under my belt, but no degree. I had left an abusive marriage and was working part-time at a doctor's office while going to school full-time to get my nursing degree. I was not eligible for health insurance through my parents or my employer. I could not afford any kind of real health insurance on what I made while going to school and raising my two children. I also knew that going back to school rather than continuing to work low-wage jobs was the best way for me to pull myself and my children out of poverty. So I applied for Medicaid, and they told me that I made too much money. Even though I was working part-time at barely above minimum wage, they said my children, who already had health insurance through my ex-husband, would qualify if they didn't have any, uh, but not me. And so I had three choices. I could quit working and fall further into poverty in order to qualify. I could quit school to work more but remain in a low-wage job just to qualify for health insurance through an employer. Or I could keep at it, but take the gamble of going without health insurance while I finished college. I decided to take that gamble. Um, I was mostly fortunate during this time in my life. My health was generally good. But then one night, uh, that gamble caught up with me. I went to the ER for sudden and severe chest pain in the middle of the night. It turned out to be nothing. I didn't even need any tests. Uh, I wasn't even in the ER very long. A quick visit with what was uh, probably a first-year resident and right back out the door. And I felt fine the next day. It took me two years to fully pay off the bill for 20 minutes in the ER without insurance. It was devastating. Uh, I will never forget the way it made me feel like maybe I had not been worth the care I received. And the shame that I felt about not being able to pay the bill in a timely manner, you know, 
I'll never forget that. Um, And in a way, that feels like a very long time ago. I mean, I've been a nurse for more than a decade now. I'm happily remarried. I've got a great job. Those kids are in college. Uh, I own my own home in the same small town where that country doctor gave me a job while I went back to school. But I'm not so far removed from that gamble, from that very uncertain time, when a lack of health insurance was an incentive to not make my way out of poverty, to forget how it almost stopped me in my tracks of becoming the successful person that I am today. As Becky's story illustrates, CanCare expansion encourages work and job advancement among low-income parents. If a single mother with two children like Becky takes a higher-paying job or works more hours, they risk losing their health insurance coverage. But with CanCare expansion, parents like Becky could take a higher-paying job without losing their health insurance coverage, making it easier to care for themselves and their families. I see it every day at work. I manage an urgent care, so we see lots of patients who don't have a relationship with a primary care provider. And for many of them, that is because they don't have health insurance. Uh, If you have to pay out of pocket for everything, you're only going to go when things get really bad. We also see folks without insurance who have unmanaged long-term medical problems that are so out of control that they can't function well enough to work regularly. Now, these are folks who are not disabled otherwise. They just have manageable problems like diabetes and hypertension that are not being managed due to lack of insurance. And they can't get a better job that offers health insurance because their manageable health problems are too poorly managed to pass uh, a safety physical, for instance, for a new job. And so the current system virtually ensures that those with manageable health problems but who live in poverty remain in poverty and in poor health, which ultimately leads to long-term disability, which was completely avoidable if they had just had access to regular health care. Additionally, having access to health care makes it easier for those enrolled in Medicaid to look for work and maintain steady employment. Medicaid enrollees have reported that having Medicaid coverage makes them better able to do their jobs. A lot of people I cared for did not have access to care. They were in this gap of coverage for a lot of like the programs like Medicare, Medicaid, um, and they're self-employed, so they did not have, you know, a job that insurance came along. So uh, we were always coordinating, you know, access to care and, and helping people figure out how to pay for their care. That's Carol, the oncology nurse again. She says that CanCare expansion has become even more important since the COVID-19 pandemic, when many individuals lost their jobs and health insurance that came with it. Well, I think, as I alluded earlier, um, gaps in care and people not having access um, to care because, you know, they don't qualify for one program or insurance or they're self-employed, actually, um, has been happening for a while. But I have particularly seen a huge impact since COVID. What I started seeing was an uptick of 25 to 30 percent, depending or more, in the number of requests um, that nurses and that I experienced myself, the people who were unemployed because of COVID and previously they had insurance, 
with their job um, and they were really looking to access preventive care so they had a a lump or they had blood in their stool or they had a warning sign that helped them know they needed to get in for a mammogram or a colonoscopy or see a physician but for the first time in their working career they did not have insurance and they they were so overwhelmed they didn't even know where to go prevention and screening is like the first thing we need because if we can get that taken care of on the front end um, and we're able to detect things at an earlier stage, care is much less expensive than it is if it goes undetected for months or years and then we're in a very complex, expensive, and scary situation. For this is a scenario that all of our nurses had seen at one point or another during the pandemic. Lori also talks about one of her oncology patients who lost her job during COVID. Her story illustrates just how much a lack of health insurance can affect someone's entire life. So one of our young breast cancer patients that has just completed surgery, she had a job during her initial procedures, the surgery, the radiation. Then she lost her job. She was a restaurant worker and was supposed to be taking anti-estrogen medications to help the cancer from coming back. Everything in her life has abruptly stopped. She's had to move out of her home. She feels like she can't, not only can't take care of her own health, but she has two little kids. And this pandemic has created a situation even more significant because had she still been employed, had she still had insurance coverage, she would have been making all those appointments. She would have been taking care of herself. She would have been advocating for her health in a, you know, in a way that could really influence whether her cancer comes back or not. And she's had to choose. She can't afford the medication. Here's the critical thing to remember about Medicaid coverage. It keeps people healthy enough to work. And the Kansans who fall into the coverage gap are missing a vital piece of the puzzle they need to be a healthy member of the Kansas workforce. Here's Becky again. Well, here's the thing. A healthy community is a productive and prosperous community. When people have access to routine health screenings and affordable care, they can treat illnesses and injuries more effectively and efficiently, which leads to less time lost at work and the ability to pursue personal and professional development goals that allow people to contribute in ways that give back to their communities. Carol also knows that CanCare expansion is a vital safety net for hardworking Kansans of every age. Young adults just starting out may sometimes consider themselves young and invincible, but having Medicaid as an option can help them get started on the right foot with screenings and coverage as they begin their lives. You know, young adults, they may have a high risk situation in their family where they have, you know, they're at high risk for breast cancer or other things, and they really need access for a short period of time. I see in the young adults who are hardworking people, sort of like to me, Medicaid expansion can also help our early career professionals in our state. But those in later parts of life may also find themselves in situations where they could use a safety net too. I think it's actually really essential because what we've seen even um, for folks who might be, uh, you know, like myself, okay, we're like 55 to 60. With the pandemic, it's people being unemployed for longer periods of time. You know, in reality, 
you it may take you a lot longer than before COVID to find um, a job that matches your skills and expertise. So, you know, it definitely could be a nice kind of like a safety net. As we mentioned at the top of the episode, Kansas is one of only 10 holdout states who hasn't expanded our Medicaid program yet. All of our surrounding states have expanded, leaving Kansas as an island without coverage for thousands of our residents. This means that someone living in a border community could be without any options for affordable health insurance when residents just a mile or two away in another state do have those options. This creates workforce issues and economic problems for those communities and the hospitals and healthcare providers in them. Living in Goodland, Allison knows this all too well. Because every state around us, all of our bordering states, have expanded Medicaid. So it's very frustrating. And I'm a, I live on the border. So Goodland is on the border of Kansas and Colorado. So it's frustrating that just right there, a few miles away, they've expanded it. And patients, to me, are getting more help and going to drive the cost of health care down in going to help their economies. CanCare expansion is a pro-growth policy that will return lots of money back into Kansas and each individual community. It will create new jobs, which can put more money back into the economy and the areas can grow. These rural hospitals can't survive with having to write off so much money every year. And these small communities their hospitals. We are three hours away from a major city, either direction. And if someone has, let's say, a stroke or a heart attack, if we're not here, they can't survive that. For Becky, with her personal experience, the economics are intrinsically tied to the moral issue of expansion. But there's also an issue of economic prosperity, about the value that lies in helping to ensure that Kansans thrive and have an attainable path to achieving the American dream. And there are some variables in life that all by themselves or in combinations with others can completely derail people's progress and create a situation where rather than being successful, a person can fail due to circumstances completely out of their control. At the top of that list of variables is the lack of access to affordable health care. Medical debt is the number one reason that people in the United States declare bankruptcy. For the uninsured, uh, for the working poor who can't afford continually rising health insurance premiums, a single illness or injury is all it can take to completely upend a person's financial solvency. No one should be denied the American dream simply because they can't get health insurance. All of our nurses agree that the narrative that some have about Medicaid expansion being a free handout needs to change because they see the faces of those in the coverage gap every day. They see the sacrifices that these individuals often have to make at the expense of their health. Medicaid expansion, I think we need to change the narrative because I think some people feel like it's just a handout. And you know, in fact, it's healthcare. It's something that would allow the women that I serve 
to continue with those life-saving mammograms, just those preventative healthcare issues. And I think that for many, many years in the state of Kansas, Medicaid has been labeled in a very negative way, unfortunately. And we have seen just the benefit of Medicaid. Kansans, we take care of one another. We have hardworking people who need access to care so they can be the best that they can be and really, you know, really build up our state and, and really meet the challenges that are ahead of us. I think it's a great opportunity with challenge brings opportunity and the time is now to come together and figure out how to make this happen. We're, we have the capability of saving a lot of lives if we can continue the work that we do and expanding Medicaid is going to help the survival of all of these small rural hospitals. It's immoral to withhold health care from people based on their ability to pay. And yet that is the system that we have in this country. We have a for-profit health care system. We are an outlier amongst developed nations in that our mechanism for providing medical care to our residents is based on turning a profit and that we still withhold that care from people who insurance companies, drug companies, and healthcare conglomerates can't profit off of. So if that is to continue to be our reality, which is likely to be, we must have a safety net that provides assistance to those who aren't able to afford that system. It's just immoral not to. While other states have had the options of passing Medicaid expansion through a governor's executive order or a ballot vote of the public, unfortunately, neither of those is an option for Kansas. The only way we'll pass CanCare expansion is through a bill passed by the Kansas legislature and signed into law by the governor. This is why we at the Alliance encourage advocates to use their voices every day. We asked some of our nurses what they would say to their lawmakers about why we need CanCare expansion. Here are their thoughts. Here's Carol from Wichita. I definitely would want our elected officials to know that hardworking Kansans and families are going without the care they need. Some are getting very ill and even some are dying because of this, that they don't have access to care not only in our community, but the community of nurses as a whole, that Medicaid expansion is needed. Uh, it has been needed for many years, actually. Previously, a lot of people, I think, were uncomfortable with sharing their voice. And I felt like now's the time, now more than ever, because I want our elected officials, uh, people who are making the decisions that we've elected, to represent us, I need them to know that the community believes it's important, and in particular, nurses feel that it's important. The health of everyday Kansans is really at stake. And here's Becky from Eudora. I would tell my representative and senator that 12% of my town is uninsured, and that that's not just a number. Those are human beings who struggle to access even the most basic health care. Those are 12% of your constituents. Those 12% are your neighbors and are the neighbors of all of the rest of your constituents. It is in 
all of our best interests that they be able to access healthcare when they need it. And finally, here's Lori from Kansas City. Lawmakers need to pause and really imagine that every person that lives in their district or in their state is a family member. And is that how you would want your family to receive their health care? I'm not going to give up. I want to see my patients thrive. I don't want them just to live. I want them to thrive. I want them to be healthy, happy, productive, and cared for. so many reasons to support expanding our state's Medicaid program, CanCare. It will reduce health care costs for all of us. When low-wage Kansans can't get health coverage, that means more in ER bills, increased uncompensated care for hospitals, and untreated mental and physical health needs. This means individuals, families, and businesses all end up paying more for health care. Expanding CanCare will bring the cost of health care down for everyone. It will also protect Kansans from medical debt. People all over the state feel the effects of rising costs for housing, food, and other needs, including health care. Almost half of Kansans know someone with medical debt or have medical debt themselves. By expanding CanCare, tens of thousands of people will be able to afford insurance coverage. That protects them from the medical debt so they can use those savings to pay for other essentials. CanCare expansion will fix eligibility limits, which are too low. The income limit to qualify for CanCare is just over $9,000 a year for a family of three. Expanding CanCare would raise the income eligibility limits so that more hardworking Kansans who contribute to the economy can get the health care they need for themselves and their families. An expansion will preserve and strengthen rural health care. Kansans in our rural communities already have a hard time accessing health care when and where they need it, and rural health care providers face high levels of uncompensated care right now. Kansas has more hospitals at risk of closing than any other state our size. Expanding CanCare would strengthen and sustain the rural healthcare system and help ensure rural Kansans get the health care they need while giving a boost to their economies. Expansion will help with general workforce issues, too. CanCare expansion can help Kansans get and stay healthy so they can be productive members of the workforce in our state. It will make Kansas more economically competitive as well. Expanding CanCare will not only improve the health of Kansans, but it will also help our state compete with our neighbors who have already expanded eligibility for their Medicaid programs. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Health in the 34th podcast. We hope hearing these nurses' voices helped you get a better idea of the faces and the people that face life every day in the coverage gap. And thank you to Lori, Becky, Carol, and Allison for letting us chat with them about their experiences and using their voices to advocate for Kansans who need it the most. We'll be back again in two weeks when we'll be talking about the Medicaid renewal process that is happening now as the COVID-19 pandemic emergency is ending. So be sure to come back and tune in for that. And in the meantime, you can always find us at expandcancare.com or on social media using at expandcancare. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you again next time.
Health in the 34th is a podcast from the Alliance for a Healthy Kansas. We hope you'll take a moment to subscribe and share our podcast with others. Episodes written and produced by Marissa Alcantar and Lacey Kennett. Special thanks to our editor, Callie Holthouse. Episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join the movement and get involved. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. For more information on the Alliance for a Healthy Kansas, visit us at expandcancare.com.